Well, g'day. Uh, this is all a bit strange because right now this is being filmed in my home and you're probably watching it in your home. It actually reminds me of when uh, Heather and I were moving back from Japan. I had a friend email me and asked me if I already had a job lined up and if I didn't, would I like to interview for his company? Well, I didn't have a job lined up, so I emailed back and said, sure, I'm happy to talk. I, I could Skype you at Friday uh, at 9 a.m. your time. I didn't hear back from him, but uh, Friday morning rolled around and I rolled out of bed uh, in our little Japanese apartment and I opened my laptop uh, to see whether he'd replied. Um, and Skype was already open on my laptop and immediately when my laptop opened, he dialed in and called. I was still wearing my flannelette pajamas and so I, I panicked and I just thought I'll just answer with, with audio only. And, uh, but then the screen came up and uh, my contact was there sitting with two of his other senior managers in a boardroom ready for this interview that I was totally unprepared for. And they said, oh James, that's great, we can uh, hear you now, but we can't uh, see you. Do you mind uh, turning on the video? And uh, I, I just went, oh, I think I've got to reboot the system or something, give me a moment. So I shut it down and I quickly threw on a business shirt and I splashed water on my face. And uh, then I came back and sat back down and like, I was totally unprepared for this interview. I had no idea what his company did. I didn't know what the job was that I was even interviewing for. I had a business shirt on, but I was still wearing my flannelette pajama pants. So I took a deep breath and I dialed him back with a uh, video on. Uh, and so then, of course, the same picture came up with him and uh, his two senior managers sitting in uh, this boardroom and we began talking. He introduced me to who he, uh, he was sitting with and then he said, actually, James, just behind you, um, there's a window that's open and the, the morning light is shining through at the moment, making it hard to, for us to see you. Do you mind getting up and going and closing that curtain? And of course, I'm still wearing my Tickle Me Elmo pajama pants. And so I sort of got up and kept crouched and, and, and closed the curtains, trying to keep uh, my pajamas as much out of view as possible. Um, needless to say, I didn't actually get the job. Um, and it's a little bit weird telling you this right now because I'm in pretty much an empty room so I don't know how you're responding to the story. But what's even weirder is the fact that actually uh, the person who was interviewing me is a part of our Grey City family and up until this point right now I don't know if they ever knew what was happening on the other side of the Skype conversation that I was having with them. Uh, but I just want to assure you right now, I'm not wearing pajama pants. Uh, actually, I'm not wearing any pants at all. No, that's just, no, I'm, just, I'm not wearing pajamas right now. But like these are strange times that we're in. And I was totally caught off guard by what was happening. I was totally unprepared. It felt like I was playing catch up the whole interview. And perhaps in like a really small way, that's how you feel in a really exaggerated sense right now. You feel unprepared. You feel caught off guard. You feel like you're constantly playing catch up. I don't know about you, but it's really hard to kind of make sense of what's going on at the moment. Like if I watch the news, I want to lock our front door, batten down the hatches and never let my kids outside ever again. If I open up social media and look at you know, one of the thousands of memes that's out there at the moment, I start laughing and I think the whole thing's a big, big joke. I watched a viral video the other day and then I had a conversation with a friend of mine on the street at a socially responsible distance. And then I began wondering after that conversation, well, maybe this is actually a giant government conspiracy to control the whole population. Like there are so many mixed messages out there. It's really hard to make sense of what is going on. And in the midst of all of that, I read this verse the other day that I want to share with you right now. It's out of Isaiah 41.10 and it says this, 
So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Now you may have heard it said that there are 365 verses in the Bible that say do not fear. And, and for the most cluey among us, you'd probably realize that's one verse for every day of the year, except on leap years. Well, I've not actually counted up those verses, uh, but I do understand that do not fear is the, the most repeated command in all of Scripture. And the context of this verse and this chapter in the book of Isaiah is that there is this like cosmic imaginary uh, court case going on at the moment. And you've got God on one side of the debate and you've got the idols on the world of the other side of the debate. And they are trying uh, to put forward their case for why they are truly in charge. And God appeals to the fact that he he's outside of time, that he he calls time into existence, that, that he directs its path, that he wraps it up. And that ultimately is why he is in control. Uh, and then the idols of the world don't have much to say in response and actually all the idol worshippers can do is to encourage each other in their idol worship and and say oh maybe you should nail down that idol so it doesn't topple over again they haven't got much to say you know all they can do really is to trust in the work of their hands and the gods that they've made out of their own hands trusting that the economy is going to hold trusting that the healthcare system isn't going to fail trusting that the government is somehow going to triumph over this all and in the midst of that court case, God gives two commands to his people. Do not fear and do not be dismayed. And you know, fear and anxiety are at like epidemic proportions right now. And I realize that our like modern lifestyle exacerbates those things for people. And right now, the underlying kind of normal level of anxiety is really high globally, but you know, particularly in our context as well. But the thing is, it's clearly not, not only a modern problem, because actually God has been telling his people for millennia, do not fear. Humanity has always had a problem with this. I think like in our heart of hearts, we know we're frail, we're fragile, we're weak, we're ultimately finite. And so God has been telling his people for millennia that they don't need to fear. I've asked a few people actually if they could share with you some stories, some testimonies of what's happened uh, with them recently and how God has been at work in their context. They're going to share them with you now. Hey guys, how's it going? My name's Hugo and I just wanted to share a really quick testimony about Isaiah 41.10, which is actually one of my favorite um, Bible verses. So it goes like, fear not, for I'm with you. Be not afraid, for I'm your God. I'll strengthen you. I'll help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. So I work as a carer. And I really, really love my job. Um, I'm so thankful for it because God's put me in a position where I can really use the gifts that he's given me and to be the person he's made me to be. And it feels so good when you're fulfilling your calling in a position just where everything comes together. You're doing what you're made for. Um, and yeah, I just love it. I get to interact with people and just love on them and care about the person in front of me which is so awesome. Uh, but sometimes, you know, we don't all have those days and it can be very, it can be really difficult to love other people just because 
you know, we're not having a good time or um, they're being difficult to care for or you've got a hundred little different things on your mind. Um, God's really helped me through this verse through Isaiah 41.10, just knowing that when I don't feel like I've got enough resources to deal with the problem, that he's right alongside me, that his Holy Spirit's living inside of me to help me bring his kingdom, even if it just feels like a small way. I'm so thankful that I know that he's going to work uh, in me and through me via his Holy Spirit to let his kingdom come when I go about caring. So whenever I see a particular guy um, on Friday, so I walk down his driveway, I just pray that verse actually out loud and then I ask God to let me be salt and light and let me care for him and put him first and love the people that are directly in front of me, just like Jesus did. So I'm so thankful to God for helping me with this verse and yeah, teaching me that he's always there. He's always upholding me with his righteous right hand and I don't have to be afraid of anything, uh, be it virus or just bad work circumstances. Yeah, so... So thankful to Jesus. Praise him. <laughs> Hi, for those of you who don't know me, I'm Claire. I'm married to Matt and we've got four kids, a boy and three girls. And we've been coming to Grace City Church since we moved to Australia, which is just over six years ago. So I guess like um, a lot of you, we're going through a bit of a bumpy time at the moment. Um, and I think you might see us on a Sunday morning, think we have it all together, but um, we don't actually. <laughs> Um, so uh, we've got all four kids at home at the moment homeschooling which is a challenge because they've got four different programs to be working on at the same time but actually what is more hard work than that is managing them in the same space 24 7 so the irritability and they're not being able to get away from each other is and the, the little arguments that come up all the time that's the hardest pressure on us in that respect I think at the moment um, I started a business at the beginning of the year with my friend. We're both teachers, so we started running a phonics class for preschoolers, teaching them sounds and fine motor activities. So all of that has had to go on hold with the COVID um, virus around. So we're not sure how that will affect everything. Well, we've had to stop, so I guess we'll have to start again um, once everything's back to normal, as if it can be. Um, Matt, my husband, actually was made redundant before all of this came about. So he's currently job hunting and it's not a great time to be job hunting. So we're not quite sure where the next paycheck will be coming, when it will be coming. Um, and probably the thing that's having the most impact on me at the moment is the fact that I um, lost my best friend six weeks ago um, when I lived in the UK. Um, she died from cancer and she was only 35. So that's a real challenge and it still continues to be a real challenge for me at the moment. Um, so there's lots of things going on and having an impact and making us feel a bit insecure so we rent our property um so we've lived in four houses in five years because the owners we've lived where we've lived have chosen to sell their properties um while we've been there so like we don't even know where we're going to be living in a few months time if we'll be able to stay where we are or not so that's nothing feels under our control and that's really hard for somebody who likes her routine and likes to have everything organized um however Having shared all of this, I know that God is in control and he has us. He has always provided for us financially and practically. Um, and at times when I'm not feeling particularly surrounded by his love or particularly cared for, I can be reassured by looking back at all he has done for us and knowing that he has always um, 
had our backs, as it were. Um, at the moment, some of my Bible reading and praying feels more like an act of obedience than pushed by a desire to do it. And actually not meeting as a church is really hard for me at the moment because it means I'm having to make extra effort to get involved in church life rather than just, you know, it being part of the routine and turning up and being blessed from being there. Um, I, but I know my faith is strong and I know he's got us even if I don't feel it all the time at the moment. So I guess my testimony is that um, he is always there. I know it's my emotions that affect our relationship because he never changes um, or leaves us. And when I do let, look to him and let him and give him the opportunity to, he over responds with overwhelming love. Um, so it's a journey and I'm learning all the time. And I, But I know that God is there with a torch to wave me in the right direction if, I, if I'm going the wrong way. If I just look to him and, and let him have that opportunity to do so. So um, thank you, James, for giving me this chance to share. Um, in my message version of the Bible, the words in Isaiah 10, 40, uh, 41.10 say, Don't panic, I'm with you. There's no need to fear, for I'm your God. I'll give you strength, I'll help you, I'll hold you steady, keep a firm grip on you, which is, words are just so true at the moment. So thank you, James. I think I'll be reading that verse every day and just to remind myself that even though if I don't feel it, God is there. I went to work on Monday morning, uh, the usual, looking forward to a, a, a good week. It had been busy, uh, met with the boss, uh, the state boss and the um, national boss, and uh, the, myself and the team were one by one invited into the boardroom. Now, that's never good. I remember uh, looking at the two men, uh, you know, the faces as I walked in and just... Um, it's not the first time um, that I've uh, faced those kind of um, situations, and in fact, some of the, in the past, I have been one of those men handing out those conversations. So, um, you know, it wasn't unfamiliar, and it, but it should have been it should have been an anxious time, and it wasn't, and that surprised me a little bit. Um, anyway, I sat down, and as they spoke, I was looking at them and. I saw the difficulty on their face. You know, they weren't, this wasn't something they were doing lightly or easily. And my heart went out and I, you know, accepted graciously. I, you know, I, I, hopefully with some dignity. Um, and um, but, uh, at the same time, I was talking to my immediate boss, the state manager, and um, he was very upset. He was very emotional, and I felt myself um, wanting to comfort him, uh, to telling him how these things are sometimes the best thing to happen, and that I had faith, and that I, as someone who walked in faith, could only, at these times of stress and, um, and trauma, could only act in faith if I was being true to my to myself, um, and uh, that was it. You know, his reaction was quite quite surprising. He um, he felt, a, you know, I could see him um, feeling comforted. I could see him. He was asking about my faith, and he was um, interested in how I could be so positive. 
in the face of something that, uh, you know, obviously it's not that pleasant. Um, and underneath, of course, I was anxious and of course I was scared. But at that same time, I, I felt a sense of rightness uh, that it was uh, appropriate for me to believe that as I walked out the door, I was surrendering uh, to the plan that, that, that God has something uh, in store for me and that this is part of that process, part of that plan, you know, that, that if I walk in and, 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 and operate in faith that uh, it'll be all right. I'll be, but uh, I was standing there being the victim, but actually I wasn't. I was being the carer, you know. Reading uh, Isaiah forty one ten afterwards, that's exactly the feeling, right? You're like, you know, okay, it's scary, but you know, don't panic, don't panic, because the strength, the righteous hand, is there, and that's what I felt around me. Two and a half years, been driving uh, a company car, and having to give that back uh, was was quite traumatic because I, I I don't have a, another car. So, uh, I got a phone call from another friend, a, a mutual friend of the person I was speaking to, and. Uh, uh, miraculously, he uh, said, look, John, I just heard and I would like to give you a car. And uh, it was just at that moment um, as I smiled and, and felt truly the righteous hand of God <laughs> looking after me, which is I know, a bit dramatic, but um, that's kind of the feeling. I, I, I just felt the rightness of this. So in the process of being punched in the guts um there was a chance for me to to do to reach out and do god's work um and i hope that um as i uh, you know go on and look for something new i, I hope that I, I i hear from god about the opportunity to do that again and maybe that be my life's purpose anyway um, These two commands, do not fear and do not be dismayed, are not just like suggestions for us or nice encouragements. Actually, like they're a command that we really have to take seriously. We're getting a lot of directives and commands at the moment from all sorts of different places about what we should be doing. But even in spite of those things, people have been crying out for clarity, saying, is my hairdresser open? I don't know if it's open or not. Is there a time limit on how long my haircut can take? Are the bottle shops open at the moment? I heard they might be closing. This is all very vague and ambiguous. People are desperate for clarity. If you want clarity, here are two very clear commands God gives us. Do not fear and do not be dismayed. But in, on top of these two commands we're given, we're also given the reasons for why and the reasons for how as well. God gives his people five clear reasons why they shouldn't fear, and, and us too, five clear reasons or promises why we don't need to fear. First of all, that he is with us. So do not fear, for I am with you. Not only is he with you, he couldn't be closer than what he is. He dwells within you. Like he is strengthening you from the inside out. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. He's not just the God of their forefathers, of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Actually, he is your God. He's my God. He is our Father. He's the kind of God that cares about the plight of his children. He's the kind of God who cares about the details of your life. He's the kind of God who says things like, if it matters to you, it matters to me as well. 
the God who made us, the God who stands outside of all things, the God who orders all things, broke into the system. And like that's not just a nice idea, that's not just rhetoric. Actually, Jesus fulfilled the promise of Emmanuel, of God being with us. You know, God stepped into our time, into our space, into our flesh, and is in every aspect of our lives. I remember somebody once saying that, you know, God lost none of his power, none of his holiness when he came to us, but in coming to us, he actually elevated us to his level, to his level, to his level of perspective, to his level of ability to love. He elevated us to his level of confidence, to his level of joy. He's elevated us to that place. And he's the same God who says, I'm going to strengthen you. I'm going to help you and I'm going to uphold you with my righteous right hand. It's not just that God is powerful enough to do something about his people's situation and about our situation. It's that he actually wants to. He is compelled by the love that he has for his people to do something about it. So it's his his glory and strength that makes him able to, but it's his love that makes him say, I will do something about it. In The Lord of the Rings, in The Two Towers, if you've read that book or seen the movie, you might remember King Theoden. Well, uh, that king uh, was being heavily influenced by this kind of enemy character, Wormtongue, who had convinced him that their whole situation was hopeless. So he, as a king, sat as a dejected king in this gloomy palace, effectively just waiting for the enemy to come and overthrow his kingdom and to end his life. But then Gandalf comes and kind of shakes some sense into him and says to him, look, yeah, you might die, but I would much rather go out and confront the enemy uh, head on and sit in this gloom and on that meaningless throne. And Theoden doesn't like immediately snap out of it, but eventually Gandalf's words begin to sink in and he sees Wormtongue for who he truly is. And then the atmosphere shifts entirely and actually King Theoden rises to his full height and he calls in his warriors and they go off into battle together. And the thing is, in that like dark hour, a miracle occurred and a battle was won. But if, if fear had have prevailed, there would have been no battle and no victory at all. You know, in the midst in the midst of this viral pandemic, right now there is a battle going on for hearts and minds. And actually the enemy would want to convince us that this is a hopeless situation, that things are spiraling out of control, and that as unprepared as we might feel, that actually God's being caught off guard as well. But like that's just not the case. It's not what has happened here. And I know we're all feeling disorientated and all feeling disorientated for different reasons. And maybe uh, for you particularly, it's your physical health that is of concern, or maybe your mental health, maybe you've lost your job, Maybe you're under financial uh, pressure, maybe a whole sort of other myriad of reasons um, that you might be feeling pressure right now. Or the enemy would want to come in and try to convince you that this is a hopeless situation. And if there's a God at all, he's definitely not in control of it. But God ultimately has proven his ability to help us. He proved that in the person of Jesus Christ. And when we look At the cross, actually, what we see is we see that in that darkest hour that a miracle occurred 
and a battle was won. And if fear had have prevailed in that hour, there would have been no battle and there would have been no victory. We all need a Gandalf in our life, somebody who's going to speak life and speak hope and speak faith into our context. And you know, like that's what God is doing in this verse right here. Actually, he is speaking those things to us. He is reminding his people, hey, I am your God and I'm for you and I'm fighting your battles and I'm at work while you wait for me. And so God's answer to the problem of fear is the same in our time as what it was in Isaiah's, which is you're not alone. God is with you. But actually more than just being with you, he is here to help. He doesn't just have the ability to help, but the desire to help as well. And actually different from the idols of this world, actually God stands outside of time, but has broken into our reality in the person of Jesus Christ and the continuing work of the Holy Spirit in your life. And so in a world that at the moment is full of failed promises and mixed messages and like in a time that is drastically uncertain, God's words to people back then are the same as what they are to us now, which is, I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And so I wonder today, what fear do you need to bring to God right now? What area of your life do you need to be strengthened in by him right now? Who is a Gandalf to you and who are you a Gandalf to? As you reflect on these questions, perhaps on your own, perhaps with somebody else, perhaps uh, in a group context, I hope that you find confidence in God again today, that he is all that he says he is. Grace and strength to you, Grace City Church. Look forward to seeing you again, uh, hopefully soon, if not online.